0: About fifteen or sixteen years after, the king and queen being absent at one of their country villas, the young princess was one day running up and down the palace, she went from room to room, and at last she came into a little garret on the top of the tower, where a good old woman alone was spinning with her spindle. This good woman had never heard of the king's orders against spindles what are you doing there my good woman said the princess i'm spinning my pretty child said the old woman who didn't know who the princess was hmm said the princess this is very pretty how do you do it give it to me let me see if i can do it she had no sooner taken it into her hand than either because she was too quick and heedless or because the decree of the old fairy had so ordained, it ran into her hand, and she fell down in a swoon. The good old woman, not knowing what to do, cried out for help. People came in from every quarter, they threw water upon the face of the princess, unlaced her, struck her on the palms of her hands, and rubbed her temples with cologne water, but nothing would bring her to herself. Then the king, who came up at hearing the noise, remembered what the fairies had foretold. He knew very well that this must have come to pass, since the fairies had foretold it, and he caused the princess to be carried into the finest room in his palace, and to be laid upon a bed, all embroidered with gold and silver. One would have taken her for a little angel, she was so beautiful, for her swooning hadn't dimmed the brightness of her complexion. Her cheeks were carnation, and her lips coral. It is true her eyes were shut, but she was heard to breathe softly, which satisfied those about her that she wasn't dead. The king gave orders that they should let her sleep quietly till the time came for her to awake. The good fairy, who had saved her life by condemning her to sleep for a hundred years, was in the kingdom of Matakin, 12,000 leagues off, when this accident befell the princess. But she was instantly informed of it by a little dwarf, who had seven-leagued boots, that is, boots with which he could stride over seven leagues of ground at once. The fairy started off at once and arrived, about an hour later, in a fiery chariot drawn by dragons. The king handed her out of the chariot, and she approved everything he'd done, but as she had very great foresight, she thought that when the princess should awake, she might not know what to do with herself if she was all alone in this old palace. This was what she did. She touched with her wand everything in the palace, except the king and queen, governesses, maids of honour, ladies of their bedchamber, gentlemen, officers, stewards, cooks, undercooks, kitchen-maids, guards with their porters, pages, and footmen, she likewise touched all the horses which were in the stables, the cart-horses, the hunters and the saddle-horses, the grooms, the great dogs in the outward court and little Mopsy, too, the princess's spaniel, which was lying on the bed. As soon as she touched them, they all fell asleep, not to awake again until their mistress did, that they might be ready to wait upon her when she wanted them. The very spits at the fire, as full as they could hold of partridges and peasants, fell asleep, and the fire itself as well. All this was done in a moment. Fairies are not long in doing their work. And now the king and queen, having kissed their dear child without waking her, went out of the palace and sent forth orders that nobody should come near it. These orders went necessary, for in a quarter of an hour's time there grew up all around about the park such a vast number of trees, great and small, bushes and brambles, twining one with another that neither man nor beast could pass through, so that nothing could be seen but the very top of the towers of the palace, and that too only from afar off everyone knew that this also was the work of the fairy in order that while the princess slept she should have nothing to fear